I'm not sure I wanted the, the music to fade there. Um, I remember <coughs> waking up one Sunday morning um, and hearing that Princess Diana had um, uh, been killed in a car crash and realizing immediately that I had a radio show to do that night and was going to have to make some sense of that event or the same thing the day after the Oma bomb and trying to go on the radio and make some sense of something that had happened so quickly. And I was very glad that it was Padraig Tuma on Friday morning and thought for the day rather than me. But even a few days later, I would love to have ignored the vote. Do a service, don't mention it, don't annoy any of you, get out of here, get off to Uganda. But sadly, it's not the Fitzroy way. And somehow, I'm going to try and take the lectionary readings, specifically the Luke 9 one that you've heard read by Kim, and try and make some sense of where we are right now, this moment in time, in our history. I'd ask you to forgive me, because I have emotions too. And as I said before, it's the 123rd minute of the game this year. So there may be things I say that you'll have to forgive me and you have about six or seven weeks when I'm away to come to terms with that and welcome me back in the middle of August. Where are we? Well, I want to just tell you where I have since been around this community in the last 24 to 48 hours. Teenagers who are distraught that their university plans are in tatters. People sitting amongst us who know the funding is now possibly in a couple of years gone and their jobs are over. 20-somethings talking about moving to Canada. Teens asking me this morning, and they've never asked me before, I need some hope in the morning, Steve. A country that's built on without question, EU peace money and funding, now with a fault line that is very precarious. And whether you voted leave or remain, and whatever you still think is right about that, in this room right now, there is an anger that I have never witnessed among friends, never mind a community or congregation, ever before. There is tangible fear at the utter unknown. And can I say the last 48 hours have given us no assurances that that unknown is anything but utter unknown. We have a very divided country. We have a very divided Northern Ireland. We have a very divided Fitzroy. We have very divided families and even in our own souls, we are divided. So what does a pastor say into that? And can I say I wish I was exaggerating all that? That's just facts. And what does this morning's reading give me to give that teenager Nobody's ever asked me for anything on a Sunday morning. 
until last night who's looking for some kind of hope. Well, the first thing we find in this passage, I think, is the first place we need to go, and we need to go reasonably quickly. If you remember when Doug, who took the weekend in January, was here um, last year, he had this passage because we just started the Lent studies on the journey to Jerusalem that starts this passage. And, um, and Doug suggested that this moment where um, James and John want to bring down some thunder and lightning and judgment might be likened to the parades on the 12th of July. It's one community stirring it up over another community. Unwelcoming, we're hearing, but a deep sense of alienation and division and anger and possibly even in the community of Jesus hatred and they say let's just rebuke them let's just call down fire from heaven Doug also happened to be one of the very high profile campaigners for Scottish independence he wrote a book about how Calvinism drew him to his Scottish independence. And on the morning of that result, I remember thinking immediately about my close friends who were feeling gutted in despair. But immediately, immediately Doug went to the social media to talk about healing and peacemaking and uniting a nation again. And that is needed today, wherever we go from there. We don't need to be calling down judgment on each other. In fact, can I say sensitively, even when we get to discuss this over a barbecue, do it incredibly sensitively. Because there are incredibly sensitive souls on both sides of this issue today in a community that is one. So I tried to be a Doug on Friday morning and immediately asked that we begin to think about the challenges ahead. I was thinking very much about the Remain campaign, at the, the Remain folk at that point, and I asked that we would find at this moment in time creativity, imagination, and compassion rather than despair and anger. And I appreciated the response that came back. No, we need time to be angry. No, we need time for catharsis and to get through our sadness. And as a pastor, I understand that. Grief takes time. The processes take time. But a couple of weeks ago, I talked about how it might be less linear, much of our healing, than layered. And so I guess what I'm asking for today from all of us is, whatever our experience, some of us angry, some rejoicing, 
Some in deep sorrow, some of us maybe smiling. All of us, I hope, reflecting. All of us, I hope, responding in action. Because that's where we're going to find hope. That we do all those things in a layered way. So while we're angry or rejoicing, or while we're in deep sorrow or smiling, while we're all reflecting, let us find action in response that brings us some hope. Now we need to take time. We need to be measured. But we also need to find a way forward. And so I come to this incredible passage about discipleship in Jesus. This is not new to the chapter. Jesus has been talking about denying ourselves and taking up our crosses daily and following him early on in the chapter. We're setting out towards what we noticed here last year, or at least I noticed last year, is the time when Jesus will be taken up. It's not the time of the cross as such, but we're looking beyond that to the time that Jesus would be ascending. But in the midst of it, there's something going on here that's new. There's a pressing on towards new things. And Jesus gives this sense of what is our call in the midst of it. And I think that's not contriving it to bring it across to where we are today in our history. There's three things that happen here. We're not going to go into the difficulties of how we understand them because that would take sermons in themselves. And again, we don't have an awful lot of time. But there's three things happen here. And uh, forgive me, but I'm taking those three things that that Doug used when he preached this sermon, which uh, spoke to me at the time. There's challenge, there's commission, and there's warning in the following of Jesus. And the first one, somebody comes and says, I want to follow you. I really want to follow you. And Jesus replies, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. He's saying to the guy, are you up for this? Do you know what you're saying? Maybe you are excited about it. Maybe you have seen me doing something. Maybe you have this enthusiasm, but let me tell you, this is the real deal here. And when we're, where we're heading, you have no idea. And when you get into this community to head with me, you have no idea. And this is not going to be comfortable. There's nowhere to lay our head. Are you up for it? There's a challenge to following Jesus. It's not some BT9 cerebral response to a few theological positions. It's a journey that is going to be rough and tough. It's challenging. There's a commission to it as well. The next one of the three is the one who Jesus calls to follow him. He said to another man, follow me. Now the first one, Jesus didn't say follow me. He said, I want to follow you. Lord, first let me bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Now I'm not going to get into the, 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 
all the stuff that that's about, but it's about the conventions of the day where you would be expected to bury your father. And when, when he says this, it's not as if his father has died just that day, because if his father had died just that day, he wouldn't be there with Jesus for Jesus to call him to follow him. It could be another 20 years before this guy's father dies, but in the convention of the time, in the cultural norms of the time, you wouldn't really be taking anything on until you had done that particular duty. Jesus is smashing again, as he does constantly, those norms and saying this is not to be distracted by cultural norms. We need to move forward in this commission. What was it? To proclaim the kingdom of God. Now, I've appreciated those folk on my Facebook page, though I was a wee bit overtired last night, who have said, Trust in the Lord, Steve. I appreciate it. But it's only half right. And if we don't get the other half, it's actually all wrong. It's only half right. And if we don't get the other half, it's all wrong. Jesus did not say, Worry not and pray and you will get to heaven. If you do worry and don't pray, you will go to hell. He did say, if you don't feed the hungry or give water to the thirsty or give those who need shelter, shelter or visit the prisoner or the sick, then you go to hell. If you visit them, you go to heaven. Prayer is not what God calls us To do is the kingdom. Wait for it. Prayer is the energy and the strength and the fuel that we get to do the kingdom. That's different. I do not live to eat. I was not born to eat. I was born to live life in all its fullness. The eating part is absolutely necessary to live the life in its fullness, but it's not what humanity's here for. We're here for more. And so God does not call us to sit back in the midst of moments like this and say, well, trust in the Lord and it'll all be all right. He commissions us whatever is happening in our history. Whatever is happening in our community, whatever is happening in our world, to proclaim the kingdom of God and to give everything, everything to God's will on earth as it is in heaven. It's God's will, people are saying. It might be, but it might not be. <gasps> How can it not be God's will? It, can't, it might not be God's will because God, Jesus said, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, which has an implication that some of the things that are done on earth are not God's will. I hope that's a good reading of that prayer. Whatever it is, we are called to bring God's will and kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. To be involved in the activity of it. To be involved in the coming of it. To be commissioned to be the bringers of it through the Holy Spirit poured out at Pentecost. Challenge. Commission. Warning. The third one is the warning and where we're 
Our sermon gets its title to some degree. Another one comes and Jesus doesn't ask him to follow. He says, or she says, I think it's a he, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Now I've been doing a wee bit of research, not a whole lot, because it's the 123rd minute. Um, This is not as well a research sermon as the one will be in September, when my head is right in the zone to be preparing. But Kenneth Bailey, when he talks about this um, in one of his books, talks about the strenuous, creative, consuming task of ploughing a field. Now I know you think I'm a culture from Balamina, farmer and all that, close to the Lord and that my accent betrays me. Um, But I've never ploughed a field, and nowadays they probably don't do it and most places here, the way they probably do it in Uganda. So, can I assure you that if in Uganda at any stage of this trip there's somebody out there ploughing by hand, I'm out of the car or the bus because I want to see this happen for this illustration the next time. But Bailey assures us that it's strenuous, it's creative, and it's a consuming task. It's a hand to the plough, it's another hand to guide, and it's holding that plough somewhere between your legs to be able to hold that to get the the straightest furrow that you can possibly do. Distractions from any side, and it's lost, but it is going to be strenuous, it's going to be creative, it's going to need focus. That's the task. And that's not the task just for the farmer, that's the task for us today in our history whatever it means, and we don't yet know what it means. What the world and the country needs at this moment is for a church that has its hands to the plough and listens to the warning of God not to take that lightly, any less strenuous, or any less focused. I've lots more to say, but I think I've said most of it. Other than to say that when we look at the kingdom of God and look, we see it from the very early chapters what that kingdom is. When Mary sings, his mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He's performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud and in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones. He has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and he has sent the rich away empty. This is global, this is social, this is about justice right across our world. When Jesus gets up that first time and reads in the synagogue, the spirit of the Lord is on me to do what? He has anointed me to say it so the Lord's will, let's sit back and let it happen. No, to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. In Luke chapter 9, In the reading we've had today, Jesus is in a pivotal moment in history. A pivotal moment in his life, but a pivotal moment in history because he started to look towards Jerusalem and what's going to be done to him in Jerusalem and beyond. Whatever way we voted this week, Thursday was pivotal at this moment in time. If we want to find hope, then I think what we need to do is take hold of the plough. What we need to do is find the creativity and imagination and compassion 
of Jesus of Nazareth and to bring it into the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven and to try and find a way through this. Try and find a way through this that will not be good for me but will be good for those who Jesus calls me to serve. The kingdom is about the marginalized, not about me. The future of Britain, Northern Ireland, the Republic of Ireland and Europe is not about me. I fancy that whatever happens, whatever happens, those of us who are wealthy, and most of us are in this room, we'll be fine, whatever happens. But today, today, Let's get our hand to the plough. Let's direct the plough. And let's be strenuous and creative in the task we're called to. To make sure that whatever happens. Whatever happens. The marginalised in our world. Get peace. Justice. And prosperity. My hope. Is our teens and twenties. My hope is that they hear the words of Jesus. My hope is that they see it modelled in those of us who are older. My hope is not to sit back and trust in the Lord and do nothing. My hope is that we stand up, put our hands in the plough, trust in the Lord, and get strenuous and creative in the task of bringing the kingdom. Let's do it. Let's pray. Lord, whatever is happening beyond us, your call is clear week upon week upon week. Into whatever political, economic situation that we find ourselves in, you call us to put our hand to the plough, not look back, be creative, strenuous, imaginative, and compassionate for those that your kingdom needs to be brought in on. So we pray, Lord, that for a moment you would help us to stop right here. To be still and to reflect on what the last couple of days have brought. What are our emotions, Lord? How are we feeling? How is the person beside us in the pew feeling or across the church feeling? For a moment, Lord, we stop to reflect. And whether those emotions are anger or joy... Whether we're genuinely weeping or smiling. You call us to take those emotions and put them into how we act as your followers in the world. From reflection, Lord, call us to action. And may that action bring us hope. 
Bring us hope in that prayer that you prayed and taught us to pray. That your kingdom is about God's will on earth as it is in heaven. And that we are called to be about bringing that will on earth as it is in heaven. So give us the courage. Give us the compassion. Give us the commitment to put our hand to the plough and do the strenuous creative task of following Jesus. In whose name we pray. Amen.